Welcome back to Drag Time with Hecklina. We have somebody very exciting joining us on the podcast today. But first, I want to say thank you for all the tips. A few bucks uh, from just a few people every month help us to be sure Mark can keep the show going. We can be found as Drag Time on both Venmo and Cash App. Just visit our website, dragtimewithhecklina.com to find out all the ways you can support us. Now, uh, our guest today is a drag performer, a comedian, and singer who has filled cabarets and concert halls across the world, including the Sydney Opera House, Carnegie Hall, the New York Public Theater, London Soho Theater, and LA's Renberg Theater. She has appeared on Ugly Betty, Project Runway, All My Children, and the feature-length independent films Girls Will Be Girls and Varla Jean and The Mushroom Heads. Time Out New York says she is a delirious synthesis of Divine, Karen Findlay, and Montserrat Cabal. And even those who think drag has had its day swear that this big, beautiful creature is kind of a demented genius. And for my part, she's somebody that I've admired ever since I was a child. Uh, <laughs> so please give it up for the fabulous Varla Jean Merman. Hackles, thank you. Oh my God, hey. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for finally having me, my God. Well, we, you know. Um, had Sherry, a, a more important. <laughs> yeah. Sherry, Sherry Pie said no, so we have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, well, I'm so glad we did. We're, we're finally getting to talk to you. I, now, you were always such a busy girl. I know you have a little bit more time on your hands, but I just have to say, so last summer in the height of the pandemic, I people were sending me photos from Provincetown, like the main street was so empty, but I do know that Provincetown's big three uh, were, you know, you, Dina and Miss Richfield, you were doing shows there, weren't you? Yes, we got to do shows. I couldn't believe it. We didn't really know we we're going to do shows to only a few weeks before. In fact, uh, they they called me like mid June and told mm. me that we were going to do a show. So I had to like throw it together. Uh, and believe it or not, that's usually when I start writing my show every year. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, but even uh, uh, Dina. I ended up coming to see my show and then agreed to do shows. I think she wanted to make sure that it was going to be safe and everything. So he came a, a little later. She came a little oh, later. Oh, okay. And um, I, yeah, I was the guinea pig, but I uh -huh. mean, it was great. I mean, I, I can't believe that we had a great summer. And, but what the thing is, is that we weren't allowed, we were only allowed to have, I think 80 people at first. And uh -huh. then, and so at the end, it was around the pool. It was outside. So at the end of the show, I would jump in the pool. Ha ha ha. Right. Uh, and so, then, because Massachusetts, people started going crazy during the summer because people wanted to party and people were having big house parties that they outlawed any gathering of any people over 50. Oh, wow. So then we had to cut down and that's not enough to make money. So then I had to do two shows a night. So oh I would God. jump in the pool at, you know, at, 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 we did an eight o'clock show at 9.50, at 8.55. And then I'd be ready to go back on, on stage by 9.30. And my wow. makeup... Yeah, my makeup actually looked better after I got out of the pool. <laughs> it was actually finally blended. It was more blended, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, you are, I mean, you you guys are the, the big three. And, um, you know, what what does summer 2021 look like in Provincetown? Well, you know, we were thinking that it was going to be the same as last year, very quiet. But I think the floodgates are about to crazily open i just think that people are going to go wild i mean even here i live in fort lauderdale you know miami spring break was a disaster <laughs> because people are not coming out thinking oh that was wonderful we've learned so much people are coming out being like ah! exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, gonna yeah. go nuts and even so yeah. writing a show this summer 
you know, I, I really thought nothing could be longer than two minutes. And, <laughs> and you got to keep throwing visuals at them because everyone's going to be so loaded. Right, it's, exactly. It's going to be like, you know, the 90s. Oh, yeah. It'll also feel like, you know, the end of like when Prohibition is over or the Great Depression or, you yes. know, like, like um, you know, the uh, after the... <laughs> I'm sure you remember, but the 19, <laughs> the, the 1918 flu, the yes. millions of people was kind of responsible for the roaring 20s, 20s and yes. all that stuff. So I think people are, you're right, people are going to really party. What uh, What is it with you in Provincetown? Can you tell me some of your favorite memories? of? I know you did some shows with Peaches and how long oh have you been doing gosh. shows there? I saw you do a show there back in the 90s. So you yeah, did so 1998 was my first summer there, 1998. And I had actually opened for Lip Sinka in 96. Oh. And um, yeah, I opened for Lip Sinka at, uh, at Town Hall. And, um, but I wasn't allowed to go on stage. <laughs> oh. Because she had the curtain closed because they didn't want anyone, she didn't want anyone to see her set. Oh, so okay. I had to come down and perform in the aisle down and 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 sing but everyone thought i was a real woman because i guess they couldn't see me (laughs) 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 they have my voice so i did that and people were all saying i was a real woman but then phyllis schlossberg who actually just passed away a couple weeks ago who owned the post office at the time she had heard about me and then came to see me in new york at caroline's comedy club and booked me and then that i sort of have worked there ever since Mm. yeah you're you're kind of synonymous now, kind of with Provincetown. Well, thank God. I mean, I just you know you I, and crabs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been a great. I mean, I love it there. I mean, I, I. But I also, you know, it's like summer vacation. I also like to go home too. And some people love to live there all year round, but it's a little quiet. But you know, Peaches and I. One of my favorite memories is Peaches and I did a show called The Whining, based on love the it. Yes. about two drag queens who live in. Um, uh, Provincetown for the winter. <laughs> it was a great show. I mean, it was really, it's one of my favorite memories of Provincetown. I saw the show when it came to San Francisco. I was howling the whole time. It was, it was very fun. It was really good. Uh, well, uh, you also kind of have a, 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 a footprint in Puerto Vallarta. Are you planning to go there? This, yeah, this I am. Year? I'm going to go back. I mean, I was supposed to go this year, but I was supposed to go for New Year's. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it was just, I mean, I, you know, it would have been all right for me to go because I was working there, but then I thought it would just get confusing and people would say Varla was there. And then they told me that no one there was going to see shows. It was just a bunch of party boys who were there for New Year's. And even afterwards, only people who were risky party boys were going and they don't go to see shows. Right, right. So I thought, you know, I better not go. And then, you know, thank God I didn't go because then the week after um, New Year's, they they shut everything down. And so the, the cabarets were shut down. So, I mean, it's, it's good I didn't go, but I can't wait to go next year. I mean, I love it. My favorite bar in the world is Mr. Flamingo. Isn't and that where... Didn't I always meet you guys there? I think I was met like I, we, we would meet you and Brian there. Uh, was that where it was? Yeah, I, think, I don't remember. <laughs> <was> anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, things are changing so quickly. I had an Oscars get together yesterday with thirteen people that would have been unimaginable even two months ago. So, right. I think yeah. that uh, things are really going to change quickly, and I'm so glad. Yes, but um, I think there are a lot of people out there who are very upset. I think a lot of people have sort of loved the sort of control. And, you know, uh, you know, they're kind of like now, like that dog at the dog park that barks at all the dogs who are having fun. Right, know? right, right, yeah. And even like yesterday, I mean, we had have people over for dinner and we eat outside here, me mm-hmm. and my husband here in Fort Lauderdale. We'll have some people over. And 
somebody at the gym said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, oh, we're having a dinner party. Well, you know, Broward County law is you can only have 10 people. I hope you're not having more than 10 people. Oh my God. Oh, come on. We've all been vaccinated. Everyone who's coming to the party has been vaccinated. But you know, it's just, I understand a big problem in Florida is that people won't get vaccinated. I mean, a oh lot, not so much in Southern Florida, but the rest of Florida, you know? Right. I mean, a woman told me, I mean, the other day when I said I had gotten sick with on the second Moderna shot, she goes, well, you know, I know a scientist friend and he says there's AIDS in it. Well, now, <laughs> now you probably have AIDS. Yeah. I, again, no. you better, you better. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess you can't get it twice. That's no, true. I, yeah. No, but um, isn't it wild? Like the, the stories people tell, I'm hoping that there's going to be another conspiracy theory that everyone who doesn't get it, they're going to unleash a huge virus. And then everyone who hasn't had the vaccine will get sick. That would be, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> That's a conspiracy theory and I want to start it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I was I was definitely sick of the whole shamey thing. I did not even care when those fags went to Puerto Vallarta. Everybody was shaming them. It's yes. kind of like, we don't know their situation. Maybe they, they were all doctors. Maybe they were all vaccinated. Who cares? Right. I mean, it's, I, I didn't care either, but people really enjoyed that tattletale aspect and I think enjoyed having these rules and restrictions and maybe they are you know i mean it's the perfect thing for a bitter old queen to complain about you know not wanting anyone to have fun i mean too, it's, it's yeah. very interesting yeah. too bad i too bad i don't know any bitter old queens yeah, watch it <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about wigstock for a second so you were part oh of the God. original version of lady bunny's drag festival wigstock in the 80s and not the 80s do i have yeah. that right well no performing? it started I was in the 90s, so. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then it was reignited in 2018, uh, which I saw you there. It was turned into an HBO documentary called Wig. Yes. Um, and also I remember vividly when I was just starting to do drag that you performed at the uh, San Francisco version of it. Oh my God, um, yes, I loved, I remember exactly what I wore, that peach asymmetrical. <laughs> I, remember, I remember exactly what I wore. <laughs> so I remember being so enthralled by the, you know, the professional queens and, and somebody said, Lady Bunny needs a Diet Coke. And I went and got her a Diet Coke and I handed it to her and she said, thank you. And I was like, oh my God, Lady Bunny, talk to me. Can you imagine that I felt that way back then? Now I can't even stand when that bitch calls me. <laughs> well, you know, um, the same, the same <laughs> I went, I went to, um, Limelight, when Limelight was really big in the mm -hmm. 90s, and this is around 93, and Lady Bunny was DJing in a tiny room upstairs in Limelight. Mm -hmm. And so I was asked to perform because a friend of mine from New Orleans became a party promoter, this guy named Brian Primo, who's, who was, now he's like a big stylist, he, he's amazing. But back then he was a promoter. And so I came there and I performed and I was so nervous to meet Lady Bunny because, you know, I'd read Paper Magazine and all. That. And so I go to give her my audio tape i mean a cassette tape, <laughs> which i had used the pencil to turn it so it would start right where the lead was and uh and i hand it to her and i say would you mind holding my handbag and she said oh sure sure and so i go on stage i do my number and uh, it goes really well and then i come back and i ask my handbag and she just points and i pick it up and it was a big handbag it was full of ice cubes and cherries she had dumped 
100 ah. drinks. She had dumped 100 drinks in there and went, <laughs> you know. Oh like, my God, how hateful. But isn't that crazy? I mean, it's just so funny because, you know, now now I totally get her sense of humor. But back then I was like, what did I do? She's evil. <laughs> well, she got karma for that. Do you know that a couple of years ago she was DJing and somebody spiked her drink and she has no memory of getting home, but apparently she took a cab home they poured her into a cab. She had to break into her apartment through the, like the basement window. She woke up in her bed. None of her clothes, none of her her purse wasn't with her. None of her records. She had no idea what happened. So I think that's karma getting back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my god! Yay! <laughs> while she was dancing, while she was on the dance floor, yes. Yeah. Oh my god! So what are your some? Do you have some favorite memories from Wigstock? Or doing or 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 doing drag in New York during that time period. Oh my God! It was such a wild time to do drag because it was really, I think, the first time that people really started to sing in drag. And you know, all of us old girls are still around, like Sherry and and uh, you know, and of course Jackie. Then ended up coming there, and um, you know, and uh, uh, who else was the girl? Shaquita. All these girls were still there, and we would sing live. And I would perform. Uh, you know, I'd work all day in an ad agency. I'd work all day long. And then I'd go home, get in drag and stay out to two o'clock and then have to wake up and be back at the ad agency like at 8.30 every morning. It was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I do remember, um, you know, going around because I would show videos. So I would have a projector. I would have a, a projector that I would shine on a sheet and I would bring around a giant like shopping bag full of videotapes, you know, cause I'd have to put each video on one tape cause you know, you couldn't cue them up. And I, I remember just all the shit I had to bring to, to all these clubs and, and to show videos. And nobody was really using videos at the time. I mean, it was, you know, there was no YouTube, there was no, I mean, you couldn't even edit on a, you couldn't even edit on a computer. You had to edit, like if you didn't have like an editing dock, you had to edit on two VCRs and you had to get it exactly right or you had to start over. Or oh my that, God. That, that rainbow thing. I'm, oh my God, mm-hmm. it was a nightmare. But um, <laughs> I do I'm, remember, yeah, like you were on one of the first shows that I saw that really a big part of your show was those uh, great videos. Oh my God, it was great because then you didn't have to work when you got to the club. (laughs) (laughs) And you're right, you know, it was so difficult back then. Now it seems like everybody is making their own videos, but it was a huge deal back then. Yeah, back then it was big because nobody, you know, you didn't see videos. So even though they were such horrible quality, people, you know, would freak out when they saw them. I mean, I remember doing that even before video editing. I think, right, that was when it started moving to digital. I did that video where I went to Japan. And um, I was in the Broadway show Chicago. So I filmed me in Japan in full drag going through Shinjuku station. And people went out of their minds. I'm never forget, I was at Club Cafe where I debuted it. And you know, I'm walking through Shinjuku station, everybody won't even, they don't even come up to my waist, you know? Uh (laughs) And at that time there was a big thing. Everybody was wearing facial masks, you know, in- um, Oh. Yeah, uh, Yeah. wait, my dog, stop that, stop that. Jasper, stop. Jasper's chewing. Jasper. Yeah, I know. He's chewing on something. Anyway, so I remember people freaking out. I remember just the screams, you know, of them seeing just something in video. Now they're so common. I don't even really do them that much more because I think people see videos all day long on their phone. But now yeah. people really want live entertainment. They don't want to look at a video screen. You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, well, you know, another thing that your shows are, are really well known for is, OK, I'm just going to I'm going to preempt this this uh, with a story. I remember picking you up from the airport. You were doing a show 
at Oasis, and we and we had to go pick up your props first. Oh my god! So we went to we went to some you know I don't know UPS or what where whatever yeah, it, it was, was FedEx yeah yeah whatever and there was like thirty boxes of crap <laughs> and um and and one so there's so so I was gonna say one thing you're known for is you have a shit ton of props in your shows. As a matter of fact, I remember there was a there was a, a train uh, train tracks. Uh, or the, the, and that you that you traveled with, yeah, and that and it was like a one second gag or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did that bit from um uh, from Dudley Do Right where you know she gets you know uh, <laughs> gets strapped to the train tracks, and so I I'd, I'd have the dress and I'd go off stage and I put on another dress with ropes around it, so it looked like I'd been tied with ropes, and then I'd come out with a giant foam rubber train track strapped to my back yeah for for a two second bit i mean that's like you know and look where it's gotten me right at the middle well well, you well you you have that hateful assistant doing all your work oh i know miss brian i had to do something now you know last summer i said to brian we're not gonna have props anymore and i didn't i I hardly had anything and you know what the show is just as good if not better so it's like what a a waste of 25 years Uh, Oh, well, I mean, I love it. I love it. No, I had um, crazy. I mean, I would travel. I mean, I had a giant cracker. When I mean, I, I did a show called A Little White Music. You can't do that now. But it was all about, you know, how white people have, you know, so throughout history and time, you know, made everything white. So like Jesus and even, you know, I Dream a Genie is white and she's from Baghdad. <laughs> oh God, that's right. Basically Iranian. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, anytime yeah. there was someone evil on the show, they had an accent and were dark. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So that whole show was really about, you know, how white people have really made, you know, everybody in the world white unless they're evil. You know, and so right. I, I did that show, but I would travel with this giant cracker. <laughs> oh Jesus. It would cost hundreds of dollars to fly. And I'd come out in a giant cracker singing the white stuff. I mean, it was just terrible. Anyway, how, I, and, who, yeah. who makes all this? So you, you have an army of people do stuff for you. Who makes all your props? Well, that was a guy in, in New Orleans who would make big giant foam props for Mardi Gras. So he was so amazing. And, you know, but different people have made my stuff over the years. And and now I'm in Fort Lauderdale, a great, a great drag queen named uh, Electra, who's very old school, you know, and very fun. And she, it, you know, is an amazing um, costume designer. So he's doing all my stuff now. Didn't Chris March do some stuff for you? Yeah, Chris March did hats for me. And I would travel with that giant, oh my God, I remember that was one of my big boxes. He made me this giant turban and it was amazing. And a lady in New Orleans named Cecile Casey made a lot of my stuff too. I mean, you know, I've just, you know, found really talented people who not only could design something, but I had to have it designed so it would fit in a suitcase. Right. (laughs) My God, it's crazy. Yeah. Where are you? Aren't you always traveling out of a suitcase? I mean, where is your home base? Is it still New Orleans? No, I, I still have a house in New Orleans, but I got married and now I live mm-hmm. in Fort Lauderdale. And of course. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. And I love it. I, I actually really do. I mean, I do miss New Orleans, but I really like Fort Lauderdale. And it was a great place to be during the pandemic. I kind of moved right before because, you know, Oh, we live near the water and it's beautiful weather. I mean, New Orleans, I, you know, my apartment didn't really have a view or anything. Oh, I right, can't right. imagine being in there. But I really, I, I like, I like Florida a lot. I like, I like Fort Lauderdale. It's really a lot of fun. And, 
And um, it, it's fun. It's just a nice, you know, I guess it's a retirement village is what it is. Well, that's, I, I live in one too right now, yeah, Palm yeah. Springs, honey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, before the pandemic though, it just seemed like you were cons- constantly on the go. Oh, I worked all the go, time. So Palm, I yeah. actually loved the pandemic. I mean, I got to really, you know, meet, I mean, I've traveled so much that even when I moved to Fort Lauderdale, I mean, I was still traveling that you can't really meet friends and hang out. You can meet people, but if you can't meet them again in a couple of weeks or, you know, in the next week, you can't really make friendships. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I really met some great people here now. And, you know, I. I so you mean, finally, you finally have some friends. I finally have two friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful, both of them. Well, I'm not talking to one, but we're okay. doing great. <laughs> no, I've loved being here, and I've loved not working. I mean, I love not working. Now, I've definitely have run out of money. I mean, I've run out of money. But, you know, the not working has been great because, as you know, you know, you travel you, you've traveled a ton too, or you just having your show week after week after week. It's hard. Right. It, you know, it's, I guess it's called a job and it's terrible. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it. And actually I, I was so kind of, you know, you always want to have income coming in. I was so kind of uh, nervous about no income coming in. I actually thought about getting a job, like an oh actual. Oh my God. And then I was like, finally I was like, no, it's not that important to, yeah. <laughs> to, to survive. You know what I mean? But you, but you married well, didn't you? Well, I, I guess so. <laughs> uh-huh. you, yeah, ma- I you married money, didn't you? Yeah, he doesn't, he's retired. He's oh, retired. good. Yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. a kept, you're a kept woman then. Well, I wouldn't say that. I definitely, I earn it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He's great. My husband's great. And, you know, he's fun. And, you know, uh, he's just, he's fun and he's so creative. And, and, um, you know, he's, you know, I will say marriage is still work, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but not as as much work as a job. Exactly. (laughs) Not that yet. Yeah, Yeah, please. He's great. Uh, And so I'm so lucky I met him. I really am. Well, congratulations. (laughs) I'm so happy that you're happy. Wow, I feel that attitude right (laughs) there. I'm not bitter. Okay, so as things, we talked about things opening up, and I I don't mean, you know, I don't mean your legs. I'm actually talking about, yeah. (laughs) So I saw the promotions for the Legends of Drag uh, cruise coming up in 2022. Um, Yes, uh, they're actually... I have to give them props for not not booking Rue girls and booking actual talented older <laughs> legends. You know what I mean? Well, that's usually who goes on a cruise, I guess. <laughs> it's like old people. But no, I can't believe that they, instead of, you know, just renting part of a cruise ship, they rented the whole damn cruise ship. And, you know, yeah. they're depending on us to sell it. So I, I hope we can because, you know, it's going to be great. But I mean, I think... You know, all of us have such different styles, whereas in, you know, a lot of the Rue girls kind of fall into three categories. Do you know what I mean? It's like look queens, comedy queens, and you have a combo. Um, so, you know, we're, we started doing drag before there was any makeup tutorials. We all looked like shit. You know? <laughs> like, do you remember in the 90s, we all looked terrible. Like one person could do makeup. You know, it's well, like, what? And, and, yeah, and, I, I, I'm blown away by the looks these girls are turning out. Well, because they can look at other pictures of other girls and they can yeah. watch tutorials and they can watch how things are done and they can figure it out. We couldn't even really see that, you know, we'd be mm-hmm. like black and white photos in an in interview, you know, it's like yeah. so weird that, you know, we couldn't even do it. And it really, 
you know, I don't think we concentrated on the look as much. I mean, there definitely were look queens still, but there was just a different sort of attitude towards drag. I mean, especially in the in the nineties. I mean, it just sort of exploded, and and all of us, me, Jackie, but we're all so different. Right. Don't we're all completely different. So I think it's going to be fun. I think it's really going to be fun. Well, you know, just I, I just want to piggyback on what you just said about you know the the looks and stuff like. I, I think that uh, I've you know I've booked a lot of those girls at uh, at at Oasis for my Saturday. Night oh, show. I know, because sometimes I would be doing my show and they would be coming in. Okay, so <laughs> I I I want to say okay, that's a great example because that person that I booked uh, knew how to do uh, her makeup, knew how to do her hair, but had no idea what to do in front of an audience. And I and I just feel like that is so some of the most transcendent, amazing performances I've ever seen by drag queens have been people who didn't necessarily do amazing makeup. I mean, Dina Martina or Christine or Lady Bunny, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's, like it, it's it's not about how well you can contour or paint a white strip down your nose, you know? Yeah, and also doing drag for TV is a lot different, you know, for doing it on stage, you know? True, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 Especially for old eyes. Yes, know? exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I remember that night at, um, because it is, you know, you you do a show and, you know, you you try to fill it out and then, you know, somebody can come along and just sell a million tickets in two seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you see the show and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I think even yeah. the person was that was there, we won't say who it is, was an amazing dancer and there wasn't even one high kick. There was no dancing. And yes. that's what they were known for. So I just couldn't believe it that there was no dancing. I, yeah, I just can't believe somebody who, uh, there's a lot of people like this that cannot read a room, you know, and obviously the audience that was there for this person was so excited to see her dance and do that stuff. And she just talked for 45 minutes and sucked yeah. all of the energy out of the room. It was just, speaking of sucking the energy out of a room. I wanna, <laughs> yes. I, 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 I wanna, next show. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I want to talk to you about Peaches Christ. So, um, <laughs> so how did, how did you guys end up working together in Providence? You guys started, that's how you started working together. Was that in Provincetown? Yes, we had known each other uh, before. And I mean, I remember meeting Peaches on the street many years ago. I, I was walking down like, Oh, over there by Dolores Park. And I remember meeting Peaches and he introduced himself to me. And, and I, I knew I'd heard of him several times. I mean, I'd heard of him and I knew he did more of a gothic drag and, and yes. drag. And so I definitely heard of him and I really didn't work with him. I, and I knew he was huge, but I never really got to see him. because Oh, he's was, huge. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then you go to, to do a show, you do your show on the nights and then you leave, you know, you don't really hang out on nights. And I never got to see a show, but he came to Provincetown and, uh, you know, to do a show, I think that first some jinx. And then we talked about doing a show and then we did a show with Ryan Landry and together. And then um, the next year we decided to, to do our, our show together, uh, The Whining. And then we did a show the next year, The First Wives Club. And we, we just work really well together. We, you know, there's never any arguing and there's never any like, you know, fits. It's just, you know, we just talk the other we just say our ideas and sort of the best one just wins naturally. I mean, right. so it's always been a great, great working experience with him. And I, I mean, I mean, doing the whining was one of the most joyous things I've ever done on stage. We just had such a great time. It was so weird and fun. It was so specific to a place. Do you know what I mean? Right. It wasn't yeah, trying yeah. to please the whole world. Right. Um, so it was really fun. And he's a really, really 
decent person and generous and kind. So I, I really love him. Uh, yeah, I saw First Wife's Fight Club. I think I told you about that. I saw yes. it in San Francisco. <laughs> I saw it in San Francisco. Well, um, what we did with that was we both wrote it together. And then, you know, Pizzas does his one nights, which is mm -hmm. just seems like a... I mean, I just, it's hard for me to work. I can't imagine producing that in one night because then I did it in Provincetown and, you know, you really can work through things and, you know, but there's a different energy. And in one nighter, there's a different mm. energy than someone coming to see a show that's running for every night. People are more excited for a one nighter. You know, this is, it's two different, two different animals. <clears throat> and so he did his production and then I did mine. And then we were going to do it together. We finally were going to do it together here in Fort Lauderdale and with Nina West and Brooklyn Heights and uh who are very talented both of those girls and mm -hmm. i have to say brooklyn heights when she was in the one in in peach's show and was prepared from the minute she got there you know just really she's kind of an old school queen in that she knows yes. rehearsal and she knows you have to be prepared so but we didn't get to do it because of the pandemic uh oh that's a shame well you know when when i saw the show i i will say brooklyn was prepared and ginger was prepared yes um so <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, but you weren't in it. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I wasn't in it. I wasn't in it. So yeah. somebody, uh, somebody else did your role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also, you know, it, it was a hard role. The, the first, I mean, the first, I wrote it, so I made my role the biggest. You know, uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> the psychotic break. Yeah, I, mean, I was so excited to do it with Peaches, and I'm so sad that we didn't. And I mean, some of these projects we can probably revisit later, but it seems like right now people just want craziness. I mean, just. I think this summer is just going to be about. Oh yeah, just being crazy and short. Yeah, being short. <laughs> I, I I think so. Uh, what what I'm telling Darcy and a lot of club owners is that you know before the pandemic, uh, when I ran Oasis, I had to program every night, bring in Bianca Del Rio, or bring in this, or do this, or you know. But I think that when things reopen, you're not going to have to do any of that. No, you're just you're you're just going to have to get a DJ and turn and open the doors and people are going to be so grateful to, you know, so I think we need to take advantage of that because after six months, people are going to be like, what pandemic, you know what I mean? No, I know. So, I yeah. mean, this is also the last little bit of time. If you have any pandemic humor, you got to do it now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I did write a song that I am going to do, but it's like, you know, um, for this year's show, because I did write a whole thing about the Puerto Vallarta thing, but I just talked about how some people got COVID and they didn't die. But, you know, they're kind of the Blanche in your group, the Samantha, you know, and they, right, they, right. they just don't understand how they got it. But the whole the, the whole thing, you know, the how did you catch COVID? It's because you are a whore. You're a whore. You're a whore. <laughs> but wait a minute. I had COVID. And I know. Actually, you inspired it. I didn't want to say that on the air. But... <laughs> uh, so Jackie's show, you know, so so uh, live shows are happening and, you know, I, I was supposed to record Golden Girls in San Francisco this month, you know, for like for like a television thing. And I told Darcy, by the time we shoot it and edit it, people are losing interest in watching things online. They want live stuff. And oh, um, yeah, I think it's yeah. really quickly. It's got live entertainment is, is going to be back in like in a few weeks. I mean, yeah. in Florida, it's already back. I mean, in mm. theaters, I, I did a show in a theater here, but not in. Uh, in Boca, which is a little further north, because their laws are even less in here. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, so it was in a regular theater, and this was in April. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, no, in end of March, end of March, and so you can just tell that things are about to explode. I mean, you know, I, it's going to explode. 
Yeah, Jackie's show was, you know, it was so great seeing a live show. Uh, and um, and all of her songs were about COVID. And you could tell it's like the tail, yeah, it is the tail end of the COVID tail thing. Tail end, people, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, so I wanted to shift gears a little bit and talk about your alter ego, Jeffrey, mm -hmm. uh, Jeffrey Roberson. Now, not, not a, a lot of people don't know this, but underneath your dresses, and your I'm what, what I'm assuming is a corset. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of people don't know that you are super, super into CrossFit. As a, yeah. as, as a matter of fact, I had you at my house for dinner once, and you ate seven pork chops. <laughs> um, so, uh, so what is this with you and bodybuilding? Well, I did do CrossFit. I, I was competing in that, and then it just like you get to an age, and I just felt my body because I had. You know, I was very fat. Do you remember Fat Barla? Do you remember oh, Fat Barla? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Fat Barla, I, I was very heavy. And, uh, you know, I just never wanted to do sports when I was young. I just, I was, you know, frightened. And, you know, my brothers were always so good at them. And so when I got older and I sort of, you know, started to getting in shape and uh, I did get into CrossFit. And I let me tell you, I was so into it. And I really had a good time. But then my body just started to fall apart. <laughs> I mean, I started to, I sprained arms and, you know, tore hamstrings. And, oh, my and God. It just, but, you know, because you have to, my body, well, I didn't grow up, you know, being able to squat clean or do Olympic moves or snatches, as we say. Right. Uh, and so I was trying to force myself to learn to do this stuff very quickly. And, you know, um, I just... I got tired, girl. I'm tired. Right, right, right. Yeah, no. <laughs> now I just like to lift heavy things. And, you know, so it looks like Fat Varla's back because a muscular man just looks like a dumpy woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so amazing to see you, like, walking around as Jeffrey. And then when I go see you as Varla, you know, the dresses got bigger. And you yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah. Real big. I mean, yeah. I, I, for a while I was making my butt bigger and bigger and bigger and mm -hmm. my tits, but then I started to look so <laughs> big. <laughs> like a whale. I'm a moose. All right. Well, what other, what other projects do you have? I mean, do you have any projects you can tell us about that um, now that things are reopening Any anything coming up? You know, I, I am. Uh, the first place I'm performing is Rehoboth. I've never been there. I'm going to be in Rehoboth, I think, June 4th. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And then I, then I do P-Town all summer. And, you know, I'm, I'm still writing that show. And, you know, I'm, I, you know, I always, you know, you write a show, but then, you know, uh, I, I say a third of the show is what happens on stage and you slowly work your ad libs into to the show. So you know, don't come see me the first night, <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm, <laughs> yeah, when I start in, in P-Town, I do my show Little Prick and uh -huh. um, Varla G. Merriman's Little Prick. And then I, after that, I, what am I doing? I, I have a couple gigs. I think I'm going to be at Oasis in, in the fall. Okay. And, and then, um, you know, the cruise. So I, you know, I actually, like I said, I, I, it was such a crazy schedule I had before that I do want to work a little less. I mean, yes. I need to work more right now, but <laughs> soon. I know right. even Miss Coco said she was going to retire, but I don't think she can now. No. Because of COVID, yeah. Nobody can afford to. I mean, my income no. just was like, oh my God. Crazy. No, I, I spent a ton of money, you know, just eating and drinking and, uh -huh. you know, doing nothing for a year. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, 
but I don't really have a lot planned. I'm going to start. I think a lot of clubs are going to now start booking. I mean, it's happening right now. I just had a booking come in while I was talking to you. Like wow. A, you, not, 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 not for you, for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't somebody asking me if I could find Varla Jean Merman. Yes. Um, <laughs> where? Uh, what city? No, it's just here. In, it's a private party here in Palm Springs. Oh, private party. Yeah. Oh, okay. Those are actually kind of the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did one like last weekend. Anyway, so now we come to the most important part of the podcast. Okay. Varla Jean Merman, please tell us your favorite memory of Heclina. Oh, my gosh. God, there's so many. You know, I remember you had me on one night at, uh, can we say the, the tea shack? Sure, uh, why not? The tea shack. You had me on one night and to promote my show, but it was also devil worshiper night. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> it was satanic. It was satanic night, yeah. It was satanic night. And, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that pulls in a certain crowd. <laughs> yeah. And I remember saying, I remember just saying, you were just like, oh, no one cares. Uh-huh. And then I remember going out on stage and I said, oh my, because I always wear pink. I was like, if I knew it was Devil Wish or not, I would have worn a darker shade of pink. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that not the night that you cut yourself up with nails that were on the, there were some nails on the pillar? And didn't you shred your back or something on Oh, there? yeah. I should have sued you. God, I wouldn't I have to work. I know. I know. Yeah, friend, <laughs> friendship. Suing oh. me back then. I don't know. Yeah. I was hiding a lot of money back then. Oh, <laughs> my I, God. But I remember there were so many great nights at Tranny Shack. I mean, at yeah. shack Oh, God. Anyway. It's out. fine. It's fine. Yeah, okay, yeah. How do you do that when it's a memory? Oh, my God. Yeah, anyway, I But um, so many. And also, um, uh, I, I loved... Um, uh, when you brought uh, Golden Girls to New Orleans and then actually spawned a whole country to do it. Yeah, but right. I when you guys came and, you know, with cookie dough and I remember I it just was so fun and just so, you know, it was sort of, you know, just like, you know, sort of, you know, let's just put on a show in, in one day, you know, so I, I sort of love that because a lot of stuff that I do is very rehearsed and, you know, I, I worry about it a lot. It was just, it was so much fun to just. Oh, I love that venue we did it at and um, Le Chat Noir. Yes. Yeah, and then great club. It's fabulous. And then and what's her name from Bourbon Street? Chris Owens came. Do you remember that? Oh my God. Yes. And she came up to us and she goes, I love watching y'all on TV every night. We're we're not the Golden Girls. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, and I have a very vivid memory. The following year we we came back to do it at Southern Rep and you could not do it. So your friend came in to play Blanche and I can't remember his name except- Oh, Ricky Graham. Yes, and he was so loud. Oh um, God, yeah, he can sing loud. Yeah, but but just talking, you know, I, I'd be, we'd be rehearsing and he'd be talk and my, it was like piercing my eardrums. He's so no, loud. His voice is like Ethel Merman. It can cut over anything. Anything. It goes through concrete. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. He definitely has a theater voice. Yes. Well, I cannot, uh, and, and a face for radio. Yeah, no, I know. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we have come to the end of the podcast, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm so excited that we get to, you know, all be together again, sort of. <laughs> well, pretty soon, pretty soon. I know, right? Um, pretty yeah. soon. And uh, so let's tell everybody how they can keep up with Varla on the socials. You are at Instagram at Varla Jean Merman. 
Facebook. Yes, oh, sorry. Mer- yeah, Var- Facebook Varla Jean Merman or Varla Jean Merman fan for my page. And then I have a website, Varla Online. No, it's, oh, it's called VarlaJean.com. Sorry, someone stole that from me. Varla Jean. Oh. I didn't pay my bill and someone got it and then they charged me money to get it back. I was like, who cares? <laughs> oh my God. You know, Jackie said the same thing. Somebody bought JackieBeat.com and, and so now her website is MissJackieBeat.com. Oh my or God. Something. So the same thing happened. So she let it lax, which sometimes you don't know because they send you the bill in email and you can get lost. And then someone else, the minute it goes up, someone else buys it. And so did this whole industry of people doing this. So, I mean, imagine for companies and things too, but uh, you know, they'll, they'll pay it, but I couldn't afford to pay $10,000 for my website. So now instead of VarlaJeanMerman.com, I'm VarlaJean.com. And that works. That works. That works fine. <laughs> it's going to well, have to. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Heclina. If you love us, please show it, subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about Drag Time with Heclina, the podcast. And once again, thank you so much to Varla Jean Merman for joining us. Thank you. Us. Bye. Bye. <laughs>